Chapter 1 I've met presidents, performers, and power players, rubbed elbows with the rich, famous, and infamous, hobnobbed with icons, elites, and elitists, but I no longer got starstruck. I just got steamrolled by how classless stars were, at least to me. Anyone could suck up to a millionaire, but if you wanted to find out someone's true character, watch how they treated the peons. I should have known. After all, I was the one they were frequently peeing on, figuratively. Though, if you looked at some of their tips, fiscally too. See, I was a server at the Kawenga in the world-famous Hollywood Hell Hotel, or Hollywood Hills Hotel. The regulars called it the Emerald Enclave. Never mind that the hotel wasn't decked out in emerald, but rather in a key lime trim. But when you were rich, you were always right. Even when you were wrong. At least, that's what my bosses kept trying to tell me. Of course, they weren't the ones having to take the heat coming out of the old hell of a kitchen. And I guess hobnobbed wasn't the right word. More like waited on hand and foot. Sure, I'd serve the best of them, but never was it hotter under my collar than award season. Come statue time, the joint was like a who's who of starlets and superstars. They mingled, then mangled the waitstaff for making them wait twenty whole minutes for their caviar. I know it sounded like a cliché, but some of the vapid vixens had some work to do to even reach cliché. It shouldn't have been too much trouble. Some of them had so much work done on them, they were more plastic than their no-limit credit cards. The saying was wrong. The customer wasn't always right. But they were always a pain in the ass. And I was the one who was supposed to pucker up with five-star luxury service. Not exactly what I stayed up nights dreaming about in my Syracuse bedroom. Little did I know 30 would stare me down like a geek who hadn't had a date in a millennia. My near-decade-long quest for a decent tip was a torturous battle against half-wits who ordered orange juice but hated pulp, ordered lukewarm soup then complained it was too tepid, and whined constantly about the contents of their wine glasses. But, years into my wage slavery, I snapped. See, because even though the stars seemed to have everything under the heavens— they always appeared to miss one thing. Brains. Take Audrey Stevenson, for example. The woman had fame, fortune, a house in the hills, and an A-list hunk to go home to every night. But instead of being happy, she was out back at our pool cheating on Mr. A-list with some cabana boy toy half her age. That was becoming rather old hat for Audrey, though. The day before, I had the displeasure of waiting on the horny tabloid queen herself. Wait being the operative word, as I spent the better part of two hours waiting for the world's least sexy makeout session to end so she could sign her check, mercifully allowing me to go home. Granted, it was refreshing when the cradle robbing took an older woman, younger man twist, but not when the starlet was acting like some two-bit adulteress. If it seemed like I was being harsh on the tabloid queen, that's because I was. I didn't have fame, fortune, or even a house, no less one in the hills. 
but I did have a beautiful fiancé who was the lone clear sky in my otherwise cloudy life. So the idea of cheating on her for cheap, meaningless sex may have been a lot of guys' fantasies, but it was enough to make me seethe like a petulant child star that hadn't gotten their way. Go figure. The stars got whatever they wanted and still weren't satisfied. I just wanted a few days away from the hellhole, yet couldn't catch a break. Only two days stood between me and Couch Potato City, but the next 48 hours were primed to be the most migraine-inducing of my life.